0: You're listening to Smart Businesses Do This, and today I'm joined by Alex Mosco, owner of The Congruent Coach. You're about to discover the key to transforming your limiting beliefs and how this simple shift has helped thousands of business owners create thriving seven-figure businesses. Let's get started. I'm excited to finally announce who the winners are for the podcast launch giveaway. The grand prize winner is James. Congratulations on winning a free membership to the Smart Blueprint program. I would also like to congratulate Dan, Jessica, Mark, James, and Sky for winning my favorite business books that will help you grow a profitable business in 2022. See you on the other side. You are listening to Smart Businesses Do This. The podcast show for freelancers side hustlers and upcoming small business owners who want to transform their current business or business idea into a company that is built to succeed simple to run and gives you the freedom to live your life on your own terms i'm your host adam lyons let's get started
1: Today, I am joined by none other than Alex Moscow, who is not only a very good personal friend of mine, but he's actually a specialist in helping people develop something which he calls the congruent coach, which we're going to be talking about in a moment, helping coaches develop their own businesses and earn six, seven figures and even more. Alex, welcome to the podcast.
2: Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited for this one.
1: Yeah, it should be really cool. So why don't you just take a minute and just explain to people exactly what it is you do just so they know before we get started into how to help them.
2: Totally. So I have a company called Congruent Coach, and we help coaches scale to seven figures and beyond by being the most congruent and expressed version themselves. So we have a heavy emphasis on high-end sales and working with a higher level type of client. So that's everything from helping them craft their marketing, their messaging, to really attract that higher level person, also to the packaging and to the positioning of the different offers that they have, whether they're masterminds, one-on-one coaching, retreats, And then we have a separate side of our business that really helps them scale. And we help them scale through creating uh, really powerful and super profitable live workshops, events, and retreats as well.
1: I love this. Now, I've known you from before, you know, before you even launched Congruent Coach. and Obviously, you've had a lot of success since then. But I know that you've dealt with a lot of your own personal troubles and difficulties as well. And I think that a lot of the time people don't attempt to start their own business or, or they allow their business to stagnate. Because they feel that they have their own issues that are holding them back or they're not worthy or, or their own complications. Could you share some of that or maybe give some enlightenment into some of the problems you faced and how you overcame them?
2: Well, Adam, um, I've never actually had any problems in my life. No, I'm totally just kidding. I'm totally <laughs> just kidding. So <laughs> I actually got into the coaching space and into personal development and transformation because I've actually had a challenge with a speech impediment with a stutter for a large part of my life where, you know, in school, like I was very, very shy. My deepest fear was going to like talk to a stranger to to make friends. So I really grew up like that. And even though I still did, I still excelled in sports and still did well in school academically, it was a huge challenge um, in my life to, to not be able to think one thing, but not be able to actually say it. And so that was super, super painful. And then even when I I look back and I've done a lot of work around, you know, what happened in childhood and I've done a lot of transformational work there, I look back and I've always known that I wanted to like really help people. And I really wanted to help people create a better life. Essentially. That's the way that I would say it, you know, in growing up where I was the kid strangely enough that where all my friends would come to me for advice. And so I was the kid with a stutter where everyone's coming to me for advice, which I thought was strange. And I, I really liked it, but I didn't have the confidence to be able to, to really help people because my story was, well, if like, there's all these other kids who don't have a stutter, like why would somebody come t- to me? And then fast forward until um, college, and it was actually um, right after Cinco de Mayo, San Diego State University. It was May 6th, 2008. Two in the morning, I got home from a a party, 538, my whole window shatters, and I'm woken up out of a really intoxicated sleep um, with huge assault rifles pointed down my face. And there's four men in SWAT gear, and they're yelling, DEA, DEA. And they threw me on the floor, and I got arrested for selling drugs. So that was, at that time, I really had to, I had a chance, you know, I'm sitting in the backseat of the cop car to really look at, okay, like, how did I get here? You know, like I was a 4.3 student graduating high school. I had a really loving family who was super supportive. And, you know, I looked back and I wasn't selling drugs for the money. You know, I was selling drugs because I really just wanted people to like me. And it was a great way to meet people. I looked back and it was one of the first times where I realized that like I would overcompensate for everything. Because I didn't feel good enough, I felt like I needed to like do more and above. And I wasn't good enough just on my own how I was because I had this challenge with my speech. So after I was arrested, I was brought to my first personal development event. And that's where I really got into, I really learned about mindset and I learned about limiting beliefs. And I learned about how to not just mindset, but how do you actually transform those limiting beliefs? And I realized that it wasn't my stutter that needed to change. It was my story. It was my story and my relationship to that part of me. And for so many years, I was making it wrong or bad or, you know, it was such a limitation on my life. And Mm -hmm. so in business, it showed up where like you have to do sales, like if sales is the lifeblood of a business. And so talking to strangers and making sales was a huge, huge stretch for me. And I also realized that if I was believing in the product and the services that I had, like I had a moral and an ethical obligation to be able to sell it to that person if they were the right fit.
1: Mm -hmm. Here's what I love about you. Most people's biggest fear, and you know, psychologists have done this multiple times and they've found that it's public speaking. And I would argue that you have more of a reason than anybody to be afraid of public speaking. And yet you've overcome an incredible speech impediment to be not only a public speaker, but a salesperson, someone who even sells from stage and helps coach people to become a more confident version of themselves when they're speaking, even though they don't have the same difficulties that you have. What would you say was the secret that helped get past that? Because obviously you've obviously dealt with all this drama. But it was like, was there, did you do any lessons or how did you do it? How did you get past it?
2: Yeah, thanks. That's such, such a good question. I, like I said, when I was 19, I went to my first this is seminar. And I've been in seminar rooms, I've been going to workshops, I've been going to retreats, you know, I've traveled all over the world, uh, investing hundreds of thousands of dollars into my personal growth. And what I recognized was because growing up, you know, traditional speech therapy just didn't work for me. And so for me, it was the more connected that I got to myself, and the more that I cleared out trauma and cleared out all the limiting stories that lived inside of me, that that's when my speech started to become more fluent. So, and then as I realized that, wow, like I do have value to share with the world. Like I do have something to to offer. Then what it became to me, it was less of, you know, do I do this? And it became more of a responsibility. And I think it's a choice, you know, transformation happens in the moment of making a decision. And for me, it was a decision of, I was no longer willing to let my own limitations and my own bullshit story get in the way of myself helping other people. So I think it was the moment was that decision. And then looking for and like being scared and going for it anyway, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm still get the nerves, like even hopping on the, this podcast right now, you know, like I still, it still comes up here and there. It just doesn't have ownership over me anymore. It still comes up on my sales calls. It still comes up when I meet new people. It still comes up, you know, when I speak on stage and I do that a lot. So I believe that all of us get to make a decision. And what, what I've recognized for me was that whenever I was having a challenger, I was playing small. I was making it about me. Mm-hmm. You know, what are people going to think about me? They're going to think that I serve. They're going to think that I am, you know, something's wrong with me. And that's all thinking about me where I just, when I focused on what is the value that I have to share and how can I help other people? And i stopped thinking about myself and started to think about how can I serve? That's when everything shifted for me.
1: I absolutely love that. I think that's so important for people to remember. There's a great quote. I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't remember it exactly, but it's the difference between a fool and a hero is a fool doesn't feel fear. But a hero acknowledges the fear, accepts it, and then continues on regardless. And I think what you're doing is the definition of being a hero because you are acknowledging the fact that the fear exists. I mean, every time you speak, you know, there's a chance that the speech impediment will affect it and yet you don't care and carry on regardless because you want to help others. I'll share a story with you. I had an issue earlier on this year where there was like a, a short circuit in my brain and I had a, the equivalent of a minor stroke. And I actually lost the ability to speak for periods of time. And during that period of time, I developed and refound my fear of public speaking. And so I had to speak a week later as I was recovering. And at the back of my head, the entire time was, what if you forget to speak again? And for a minute and a half on stage, I lost the ability to speak. I don't think it was connected to what happened the week before. I think it was just my own brain. I I convinced myself that I'd forgotten, that, you know, I, I freaked out and I was basically having a full on public speaking freak out panic attack. And I managed to acknowledge it on stage, take a drink of water as if it was a planned break, calm myself down and continue on. And that was the beginning and end of my fear of public speaking again. But I can only imagine, like, that was an incredibly difficult experience for me. And I can only imagine what you must go through. Because, I mean, you run events constantly, right? You're constantly on stage teaching.
2: Yeah, we do... In between five and seven events a year for our organization, whether that's our flagship events, like small events, big profits or congruent coach live. And then we have, you know, just different, smaller masterminds for our clients who are in our year long programs. And then I'm also speaking, you know, like I'm speaking a lot on different stages. I come in and do specialized trainings for different masterminds. So yeah, I'm speaking probably, I'd say on the average once a month.
1: Mm -hmm. That's absolutely incredible. And so let's talk a little bit more about what you do. So, you have this brand, the Congruent Coach. Why did you choose that brand? You know, we've had other experts on here before that talk about the power of coaching and why coaching's good or, you know, whether coaching's going away. Like, what makes Congruent Coach different?
2: Yeah. So, I believe that we choose our company names, to our brands, oftentimes because it's the lesson that we also get to learn most and it's a lesson that we keep learning. And so, for me, Mine came from, I've been in the coaching and and the event, the, the online marketing space for the past 10 years now. So for the first four and a half years, I was working for someone else. One of my mentors, he also had a coaching business that was helping coaches and experts to grow a business online and offline. And I'm so, so grateful for that opportunity. And I was working with a lot of leaders in the coaching and the online marketing space. And what I noticed was that a lot of the heroes who I would look up to when I would meet them and I would see behind the scenes, there was an incongruence in their life. Like maybe they were great in business and helping people make money, but their relationship was falling apart. Or they were great in helping people make money with their health. There was like a secret diagnosis that happened that like no one was talking about. And then also there was people who were in the like transformation space talking about mindset and or transformation and you know, living your best life, essentially, and like their lives did not look like what they were talking about on stage, and so that like incongruence what, to me it was really disappointing, and it kind of like didn't put a good taste in my mouth of like what this industry was about. And so when I started my own business, I had a mentor um, that I'm not going to name, but this person was huge in the marketing space, probably uh, arguably one of the most influential marketers. And what this person taught me was that if you want your clients to continue to keep purchasing from you and to keep on buying product after product is you have to create separation and distance. So the further you keep your clients away, the more that that they'll buy from you. Like don't ever go out with them to the bar and get a drink. Like you can show your face and you can have a little conversation with them, but you want to leave as quickly as possible, like create that distance. And that just never felt, it never felt right to me. Like in my gut, I was just like, that's not the way that I wanted to run my business. And so when I launched my business, I really took all of the different models and the frameworks that I I learned and from the past, you know, four and a half years of helping my mentor build his multi seven figure business and helping a lot of his clients and helping a lot of his strategic partners. And what I realized was that after building it on my own is that the best way to attract in ideal dream fit clients who are committed to doing the work, who are happy to pay whatever price I'm charging who get awesome results and send raving referrals was to be the most congruent and expressed version of myself. So I'll give you a short story of how this happened was I love going to music festivals. I love going to music festivals, even to tell this day, like my queen Jen and I go to Burning man every year. Like I love that part of my life. And mm-hmm. this was four and a half years ago when I was going to a music festival called lightning in a bottle. And I just ran an event and we crushed it at our event. And I was like, I've bought tickets to like in a bottle, but I, I never told my clients. And I was like terrified. Like I was like, there was something in me that like just said that the voice told me that I needed to like tell them. And there was another voice in my head that said, you know, your clients are going to leave. You know, you just did hundreds of thousands of dollars at your event. They're going to leave if they're going to find out that you're going to go to a music festival for four days, you know? And so I made that decision that I was going to tell them and the exact opposite happened. Like they were so grateful I told them and they were so encouraging. They're like, oh my goodness, some of them were like, I've been before, I'll see you there. Others were like, that makes us so happy that you're taking time to go do that. Mm -hmm. Others were saying, hey, like this gives me permission to go on a vacation with my kids that I've been talking about for so long. And so that was a huge shift for me of me realizing that me living my life gave my clients permission to live their life too. And then that snowballed into like at my events, we have visionary art on the walls from Burning Man. Sometimes, sometimes we have different musical performances. Our events are a huge expression of me. Like I love house music. Like I've traveled all over the world for the past, you know, 12 years following some of my favorite DJs around. And so like our music at our events even is like, it's a very different feel than most other seminars out there. The sound quality of the speakers that we invest in for the experience that's created live experiences with your tribe is what builds customers for years and loyal customers for year after year after year based upon that experience that you create. So that was a long answer to your question around how (laughs) how did congruent coach come to be? But I feel like it's important because I feel like so many people are talking about, hey, you have to do this marketing funnel or hey, you know, you know, there's so many people that teach us that the most effective way to build your business is to model like model success, don't reinvent the wheel. And I think there's part of truth to that. What I've discovered is that how to really like create exponential results is how do you make the model work for you? Like, how do you infuse your uniqueness and your own congruence of how you would do it into your model based upon the success principles that other people have laid out?
1: I absolutely love that. And I know that, you know, you're a big fan of high-end coaching, like, you know, looking for a premium client. To get a little bit controversial now, would you argue, you know, there's a lot of these people turning up, like, you know, I only do high-end coaching, I only tailor to the wealthy, do you think that's sustainable? Is it realistic? Is this going to be able to continue? Or is, uh, you know, are we in a situation where we're in a bubble and it's going to bottom out with coaches teaching coaches to teach coaches, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah. a Coaching business to coach coaches to coach coaches to coach coaches. Yeah. I believe time will always be the ultimate test where there's so many people talking about high end sales and high ticket sales and high ticket clients, but no one's talking about how do you actually deliver a high end service? Like no one's talking about how do you deliver a high-end service? How do you fulfill with integrity on the amount of money that you're actually charging? So a part of being a congruent coach is that it's not just knowing high-end sales, but it's actually knowing how to deliver a high-level service as well. And so I think right now it's definitely a bubble. I think those who have the experience and the results will continue to stand the test of time because as we evolve, our marketplace is evolving. And people now are more skeptical than ever. So those who don't know what they're talking about, those who saw high-end sales or high-ticket sales is something that everyone else is doing to be successful. And they've only been doing it for a year or two or they just don't have experience or whatever it would be. I believe that those who don't have the chops to really deliver with integrity on what they sell, I think those will continue to fade out. I mean, there's so many people who I'm sure you know as well, Adam, who will come into the industry, they'll crush it with like a seven figure launch, and then a year later, they're nowhere to be found. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, like it happens all the time. And so I really believe that the ultimate test is in this industry is always time. Like it's one of the greatest opportunities to really come in and to really make a huge difference and make, you know, a significant amount of money. And it's also, you know, people get taken advantage of too. So I think that the best way that I've discovered to support the industry, because before, I would throw rocks at it, right? Hey, here's why this, this isn't working right. or This is what all the other people are doing wrong. And now I just choose to, to be the example of what it's like, not just to sell a high-end program, but to actually be able to deliver that as well.
1: I love this. And I think if there's one golden nugget that anyone should get out of this, uh, today's podcast, it should be that. It's so easy to be the person that throws rocks at what everybody else is doing wrong. And so hard to be the person that stands up and fixes it. I have a a really good friend in town that was very upset about a lot of the Republican policies. Obviously, we live in Texas. And he was venting about it on Facebook every day. And we got into an altercation about it. And, you know, he accused me of being a Republican. And I was like, actually, I'm not a Republican. And it was a a lot of things going backwards and forwards. And I told him I've got my own views on the matter as a Brit. You know, like, (laughs) I couldn't even vote. Like, I was like, actually, I've got my own opinions. That was before I became American. But I said to him, I was like, you put so much energy into complaining about it. Why have you not gone to the office and spoken to them? And I was so proud of him because he did it. He got up and he went to the office and he actually put forward some change and started to move the wheel and get things moving. And he came to me afterwards and said, thank you. He was so tired and frustrated of everyone arguing with him online. He needed the permission of someone saying, go and do it, dude. Like, Don't complain about it. Do it. Fix it if you feel that strongly about it. And I love what you said, like, be the example, do the thing. Like if something upsets you, if you're annoyed at the way that an industry is going, then be the change, you know, do the different thing. And I I love that. So I think that's the, you know, the big thing that I really want to illustrate for anybody listening to this today is, you know, whatever you're upset about in life, whatever's irritating you, like you go fix it, go do that thing. You know, don't wait for somebody else to do it. No one's going to do it for you. You do it yourself. And if you are that change, then you're going to carve a niche out for yourself and people are going to be drawn to you because they're going to be like, wow. Wow. I felt the same and this person's doing something about it. So yeah, man, I, I love that. I think that's absolutely great. And I think in that way, it really is a, a way forward. So so we're moving towards the end. In a minute, I'm going to be asking you for your big, you know, your psychological hack. Like, you know, what could somebody who's listening to this who wants to be a success in life or to grow their business or what have you, something they can do to maybe shift their psychology to be more successful. But before that, if somebody did want to learn more about The congruent Coach, where would they go? How would they find you?
2: Yeah, the best way would be on Facebook. So if you just add me on on Facebook, it'll follow me. And so it's facebook.com slash Alex J Moscow. So that's A-L-E-X-J-M-O-S-C-O-W. That would be the easiest way. There's my profiles on there. There's a whole bunch of super valuable content, videos, posts, articles on that. And then there's different ways and different opportunities. If you want to go deeper, the opportunities will be on that Facebook page.
1: I absolutely love that, man. All right, so let's round this out. What is your big psychological hack that you could leave somebody with? How could they hack their psychology for success, according to you?
2: Yeah, I'm going to share it. Actually, it really relates to the, the short story that you just shared about your friend. And I'm going to share it in a short story as well. Is that cool?
1: Yeah, of course. Of course. Cool.
2: So I went to this event um, in Australia called Sales Residential, and it was $30,000. It's a to go. This is to be clear, I did not have $30,000 just sitting in some account somewhere. And so I I worked my ass off to put down a deposit and to pay it off. And as I was going over there, this wasn't for like a year's worth of coaching, wasn't for a mastermind. It was literally for a nine day live event. And as I was there, the first couple of days, it was all focused on mindset. And the mentors who were there, they asked a question they were like, what's the one fear that's holding you back from really growing your income and your impact at the level that you know that it could be? And so mine was doing an online video. Like I, I was crushing it on stages, but I wasn't doing video yet. And I, I knew I needed to, I knew it would create, you know, connection with, with, with my audience for those who it was right for. And I was just, I was scared. And so when it came to me, you know, what I shared was that when I really got deeper into it, it was that I was scared that people were going to think I was using my stutter to make money off of people.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So that's what, what the fear was. And then I'll never forget this. I told that and it was a really vulnerable share. And in the room, there was like 10 other, it was me and nine other entrepreneurs and then our mentors who were there. And our mentors went and they looked at me and they said something I'll never forget. Mm -hmm. And definitely was not what I was expecting. They said, Alex, that 100% is already happening. People are already saying that about you. People right now are 100% saying that you are using your stutter to make money off people right now. Mm -hmm. And that was not what I was expecting at all. Like that like hit me in my gut and I was like, oh, and so then they said, so I can guarantee you that's already happening. So the question is, how do you want to show up? Like it's going to happen no matter what you have choice over. Do you want to let that continue to keep you small, which you can't control? They are already going to be doing that. They already are. They will continue to, the bigger you grow, the more people are going to say that. So the choices, and if they're going to say it or not, the choices for you, are you going to, or how do you want to show up in spite of that? And that really shifted a lot for me. Mm-hmm. And they shared that, hey, your biggest fear is already happening. And so the psychological hack that I wanted to share is our relationship to fear and resistance is one of the most powerful relationships that we can renegotiate and we can redevelop. Because that same resistance is what shows up to keep us in between where we are and where we want to go. And we can have fear like it doesn't when we up level and we create a new result for ourselves, it's not like that fear goes away. My experience of it is we develop a new relationship to that fear and we learn how to lean into it. And so we're going to have our fear no matter what. How Mm -hmm. we get from where we are to where we want to go isn't by having our fear and doing nothing. It's by having our fear and still doing that thing anyway. I absolutely
1: love that. And I think that is incredibly powerful. It's funny. One of my mentors made a post the other day. Ryan Dice is one of the guys that invented Digital Marketer and he's like still to this day he wakes up every day thinking he's going to fail doesn't matter how big it is it doesn't matter how big the business is it's still a chance so i love that alex thank you so much for taking the time to come on here and join with us I, I really appreciate you sharing the story and there you have it for listeners at home this is somebody who's overcome one of the most debilitating things that can be for a public speaker and yet here he is being incredibly successful with his own seven-figure business so thank you so much for taking the time to listen and join us here on this podcast
0: Now, if you're new to the podcast and you want to learn more about how to build a smart business, then the absolute best place to start is with my Smart Blueprint ebook. Over 10,000 people have already gone through the book, and it's one of the most comprehensive resources on strategically building and growing your business that you can find anywhere for free. Just visit the smartblueprint.com forward slash ebook to grab a free copy. And I'll see you on the next episode of Smart Businesses Do This.